This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. We're all human, and we're all going to be uniquely flawed and imperfect in our own ways. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. A lot of other people's behaviors don't actually have anything to do with us and have a lot to do with themselves. Can I just say, Jessica, I love a psychologist's answer. Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. Are you ready? I believe so. I'm ready. Yeah. Great. Okay. And welcome to the podcast where we delve deep into our relational psyches and do a bit of healthy poking about in there. It's gotta be into you! Now, have you ever looked back on a relationship blast from the past and seen a million early signs that it was never gonna work? And you wonder now how you didn't see it at the time. I mean, at least being blind, I have some kind of excuse for that. But as they say, hindsight is always 2020, isn't it? Well, in today's episode, we're going to be exploring red flags with licensed psychologist and founder of Bear Psychology, Dr. Jessica January Bear. Later, Jessica shares how best to understand what red flags are for you. What is it about this behavior that you're noticing that bothers you? What is it triggering in you? And tells us how we can avoid looking back with regret in the future. If we don't choose to communicate about it, we might much more readily kind of slip into just an autopilot mode where we ignore things or we excuse things. But first, After hearing the term red flag waving wildly all over the place these days, I felt compelled to start by asking Jessica how she might define what a red flag actually even is. Well, I would say that red flags are basically perceived negative or unusual behavior in someone else that misaligns with your values, causes harm or is otherwise distasteful to you. So a red flag is something that you perceive in another person that doesn't really align with some fundamental part of you. Mm, Okay, so can you give me some examples of what some red flags might be? Absolutely. So we could maybe think of them as like bundled into different categories. So one would be the way that somebody interacts with others, the way that someone interacts with service professionals or with children or with their family or with a vulnerable, you know, person or group. Um, Another broad category might be the way that somebody interacts with you. You know, there's lots of different factors here, but consistency, uh, appropriacity, reliability, 
Another one might be, how does someone react to challenging situations or emotions? So how does someone behave when they're, for instance, criticized or disappointed or anxious? And so the way that people respond to other people's behavior typically has to do with how that person is interacting with other people, with you, or with themselves or with emotions. Uh-huh. Now, when you talk about especially things like how do you behave when you're criticized or when you're anxious or disappointed, I'm starting to feel like, mm, I don't know how I come off there. So do we all have some red flags or could we all have some red flags? Well, red flags are really like in the eye of the beholder. We can't control how somebody else perceives our behavior. However, of course, it's possible and not just possible, but likely that we all have some aspects of our behavior or our personalities that are not favorable to everybody. So, you know, where a red flag might be a red flag to one person, it might be a green flag to another person, or it might not even, it might be totally neutral. Of course, um, you know, it's helpful uh, to think about the ways that maybe we could use self-awareness to present ourselves in the way that we want to the world as closely as possible versus kind of viewing red flags as something out of your control or something that you maybe wouldn't even know that you had. It's really interesting that you say that it's in the eye of the beholder, because I think a lot of times when we hear about red flags, they're kind of like portrayed as awful signs and they're universally recognized as these are red flags and these must be avoided. But that's not what you're saying. You're saying it's going to be different from every person to person. Yeah, I mean, of course, there are trends and themes. For instance, you know, like I said, I think one we might see on social media uh, a lot is, you know, if someone is rude to a waiter, the vast majority of people might say that that's distasteful, right? And that might be a red flag to many people. However, it's very possible that to some people, they don't view certain behavior, you know, there's different thresholds for what someone considers rude. We really also want to consider who's the viewer, who's judging the color of the flag. And, you know, does that give you information about your own values that can actually help you to determine like what you're looking for and what you're looking at rather than just sort of labeling others or yourself as bad? Yes, I I see a lot of labeling people as bad. And so what should we do if we think we've identified a red flag in someone else? If we think we see something that we don't like in our partner or somebody that we've just started dating, what do we do? It's a great question. So one thing would be, you know, and this is always my advice is to first like look inward. So it might be our instinct to attack or, you know, even just communicate to share our thoughts. But even before um, we decide to do that, I would touch base with like, what, what is it about this behavior that you're noticing that bothers you? What is it triggering in you? What are your associations to that person's red flag behavior? Do you notice if there's any part of that that is a sensitivity of yours that you're working to improve upon or grow within or from? Now, sometimes that'll be the case and other times you'll examine it and say, you know, I don't really don't like this behavior because it, you know, it misaligns with my values. For instance, I'll just give an example. Let's say somebody doesn't 
have a close relationship with their family. And that is a value that's important to you. Someone might view perhaps a partner's unwillingness or disinterest in seeing their family for the holidays as a red flag. Well, that just might be that you have different values or different experiences. And we would want to examine where is this coming from for you? What are your values? What's important to you? Before sort of jumping in right to the communication. If you do feel that you've examined what your reactions are and feel like the person that you are, you know, within this relationship is capable of communicating or at least listening, then it might be a time to kind of bring up what you notice about your value differences or what you notice about your reactions or your associations to the behavior that you see based on those values. It seems really simple that if you recognize something we don't like in somebody else, that we would, yes, question them, talk to them about it. But I think the reality is that a lot of us do tend to ignore red flags. Do we have ways of kind of tricking ourselves and mental gymnastics or whatever it might be to try and ignore these signs so we don't have to deal with them? Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's the importance of checking in with yourself about what it is that you're reacting to. A lot of the time, we'll find people with the same person in various forms over and over again with similar red flags. So for instance, another example, if someone frequently finds themselves in long-term relationships with people who are, for one reason or another, unavailable, those red flags are signs of unavailability, perhaps, you know, um, not answering the phone or lives across the country or, you know, have various other ways for unavailability to show up. Those might be red flags, but because of this desire to sort of repeat an experience to get a different outcome, we may sort of not pay attention so closely to what those red flags are. So we want to not overreact when we see a problem, but we also don't want to assume that behaviors will go away or that our opinions of those behaviors will change um, without examining where those values that drive your reaction to those behaviors are coming from. Oh, yes. Uh, that is definitely advice I could have done within the past when I have blindly gone along pretending that there were no red flags when there definitely were some. So what causes us to kind of develop these red flags, Jessica? It's lovely to get a sense of empathy that we can understand these things. So psychologically, how do these behaviours start and where do they come from? So it's hard to answer that question with the term red flag, because again, we're labeling the color based on our own experiences. So I, I would maybe even redefine this for the purpose of this question as where do our complexes and the challenging, difficult aspects of our personalities, how do those develop? Um, and, and that's, uh, I think, really what, what the question is asking. So for instance, the unavailable partner, the chronically unavailable available partner, as one example, is potentially based on attachments insecurities. And so really, and if you ask a psychologist, you're going to get a psychologist answer <laughs> um, <laughs> that your, you know, your life experiences play a really huge role in determining your behavior and your reactions to things. Now, that could be learned behavior or modeled behavior. So things that you were taught explicitly or things that you learned implicitly through viewing them, or it can also be traumatic 
reactions. And, you know, there's big T trauma and there's small T trauma, meaning something that's sort of ongoing and developmental as the small T trauma versus something sort of major when we think about accidents and and incidents like that. But so all of us have experiences of various types of small T trauma through our lives, and that can create a defensive response that actually ends up being a red flag to somebody else. So where your life experiences may have taught you avoiding closeness or intimacy is how you create a sense of safety for yourself. That might look to your a partner as the red flag of, oh, he's avoidant or shady or inconsistent. And so while that's a red flag to the partner, it actually might be a sign or a symptom of you know, something that someone's really struggling with in their interpersonal life or in their intrapsychic life. Can I just say, Jessica, I love a psychologist's answer. (laughs) I will take that any day. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I love digging deeper and and understanding people and and why we behave the way that we do. And that's something we really love to do on this show. I just want to question that a second, because if we can understand where these things are coming from, does that make it okay? Or should we still see it as something that maybe isn't okay with us, even if we can understand where it comes from? Understanding where something comes from doesn't equate to a value judgment. So we can understand someone's backstory, but we don't have to necessarily deem that as good or bad, meaning, oh, well, you know, he had a hard childhood, therefore, you know, these behaviors are excusable. That's not necessarily the case, right? We want to understand and have empathy more so actually to protect ourselves because Feeling angry, feeling victimized is not a helpful psychological state of being. Instead, we want to, you know, notice that a lot of other people's behaviors don't actually have anything to do with us and have a lot to do with themselves. So with that, we want to be able to, you know, notice what is the red flag in the other, have empathy for where it might be coming from, but Also, pay respect to ourselves and return to the original part of our conversation was our values. So, you know, if someone has this red flag, if they're capable of understanding where you're coming from, if you do choose to communicate it, then, you know, there's a very real possibility that that red flag might not be a red flag at all. However, if we don't choose to communicate about it, and we haven't really processed our values and where this is coming from from us, we might much more readily kind of slip into just an autopilot mode where we ignore things or we excuse things. So it's really that combination of being aware of what's important to you and what your values are and having empathy and being willing to potentially communicate about it, but not abandoning either you or them. So if they have a red flag that's hurting you and doesn't feel good, we don't want to say, well, they're not bad at all. And therefore I should stay with them, but it's not black and white. It's, is this a compatible relationship for me to have a state of health? Yes. Dating is never black and white, right? You can never go one way or the other completely. Mm -hmm. In life and in general, I would say. Jessica had highlighted the importance of striking a balance between being aware of behaviour which might not sit well with us and being open to explore what that might tell us about ourselves. 
I was keen to find out what types of behavior others might view as a red flag. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2022, I put out a post on social media, and here are a selection of my favorite answers. The sentence reads, For me, an example of a red flag is... Dot, 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 finish the sentence. Katie, when they're always too busy to see you, but have plenty of time for everyone else. I have to say, busy is certainly the broadest excuse in the book, isn't it? Graham, if they treat you like a god one week and a grass stain the next. I mean, those two are complete polar opposites, aren't they, Graham? Grass stains, who likes a grass stain? Lily, hands down, wearing socks with sandals. Now, I'm not entirely sure here if Lily means that socks with sandals is just distasteful dressing or she actually thinks that they're on all fours at the same time, hands down, socks with sandals. That's not a great look, is it, Lily? I agree with you there. And, Oscar, an example of a red flag for me is the national flag of China. Hmm, does sarcastic wit fall into the red flag category for you, Oscar? There's always one, isn't there? As I listened to Jessica's fair and empathetic approach to such a potentially judgmental subject, my own red flag prejudices were starting to waver a little. While we can all likely identify times in the past when we may have spotted what was a red flag to us but simply let it fly, perhaps there have been other times where our diagnosis of a lost cause has been a bit premature and abrupt. I was interested to ask Jessica whether, once we become aware of a red flag, either in ourselves or others, is it possible to change that behaviour before it winds up causing us to raise a white flag on our love lives? So, I mean, isn't that what we're all doing every time we go to therapy? That's sort of how I view it. A lot of times people come to and seek therapy because they recognize that there's a pattern in their own behavior that's not serving them well and that's actually damaging to either relationships or successes in their life. It's very common to have people come to therapy and say, you know, I start dating somebody it's going really well. And then suddenly I lose interest and I stop responding. And it's weird because like, I know I like this person, but I just like kind of lose interest and I don't want to feel that way anymore. To someone else, uh, to the partner of that person, if if the partner was with me in, in therapy, they might say, I'm dating this person and they have all these red flags and they're doing this and that. But with the person themselves, they're acknowledging it in their own way. Of course, we don't look at ourselves and say, Look at all these red flags that I have typically, but that's really what we're working on. Anytime we are doing, you know, self-work, self-exploration, psychotherapy, and really looking at the ways that our thoughts and feelings and behavior, you know, could be optimized to a place of better health and well-being. And I hear you saying, you know, this takes going to therapy and, and being committed to changing. So for somebody who sees a red flag in somebody that they're dating, but just hopes that it might go away by itself. That may be not quite so advisable just to hang on and hope that these things will change or just go away over time. 
Yeah. And it's not necessarily that therapy is the only way to work through these things. You know, people have lots of different definitions of therapy and so it can come in many forms. Maybe people grow and change, but generally people's behavior doesn't drastically change in short periods of time. And typically in relationships, we're looking at relatively short periods of time, especially without communication and especially without self-awareness and commitment to address any, again, value differences or problem behaviors, either individually or within a couple. There's not any real reason to expect things to change because why would they, right? Homeostasis keeps us where we are unless there's a problem in the system. And so without awareness of that problem or without willingness to fix that problem, things, dynamics tend to stay relatively stable. Bit of a a dream fantasy scenario to just hope that it would be so easy that just give it some time and maybe drop some hints and then everything will be okay. Exactly, yes. See, that's not how it works. (laughs) So can things though, like nerves, especially, you know, when you think of first dates and things like that, can that maybe cause people to exhibit behavior that others may interpret as red flags, but it's not actually them, it's just other factors that are making that come across that way? Mm -hmm, I would say so. I would never advise to judge your entire opinion on someone based on the first meeting. Of course, there's a difference between, you know, not feeling chemistry and and not wanting to go on a second date versus noticing red flags on a date. You know, there's lots of reasons why an initial interaction, a first meeting can create perhaps like guardedness or anxiety or even just, you know, sometimes just awkward kind of funny behavior. I'm sure we've all experienced that, you know, maybe you go to say hi to someone and you're nervous and you say your own name wrong, right? I don't know what you mean, Jessica. I never do anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we've all had these little moments. So I guess there's kind of a sweet spot where you want to have enough data to actually determine if, how you're feeling is based on behavior patterns or if you're reacting to an isolated incident. Then again, if there are things that, you know, there's a threshold to what you can sort of tolerate beyond one sitting again, if someone's really rude to you or to someone in your environment, and that's a red flag, that might be enough to say, okay, like I have seen enough. Even if this was an isolated incident, I wouldn't want to engage any further Or is it sort of, was there something that was, you know, maybe misinterpreted or were nerves or was there a situational contribution to this behavior? So it's really trying to determine what, again, what are your values? What are your thresholds to which you'll allow those values to be stretched? And have you considered all the different factors in the scenario before making Uh, value judgment and a knee-jerk reaction. It's just such wholesome, authentic advice because I sometimes do start to feel like we're on a bit of a witch hunt at times and we're all being told that we've got to spot all of these red flags in people and it's very judgmental. Do you think that can kind of sometimes make us just see red flags everywhere because it's being kind of thrown in our faces all the time? (laughs) Um, I think the labeling of these terms is part of it. These red flags and gaslighting and, you know, breadcrumbing, all these things are are behaviors that have been always part of human behavior, but now we've given them like really catchy 
shiny, sexy titles and they're fun to use. And so there's a positive and a negative to that in that it brings awareness around human behavior and psychological mindedness to a degree. But then the flip side of that is sort of overgeneralizing and overusing concepts and like applications of those concepts. So we're all human and we're all going to be uniquely flawed and imperfect in our own ways. And again, the beholder is the one who can determine, you know, if your behavior is in line with their values and if you're someone who they want to have in their life. So really helping yourself, allow yourself to use this frame of thinking without getting trapped into the all or nothing positive or negative value judgment of other people on a holistic level. You know, this person is bad, they're evil, the use of the word narcissist as a pejorative. These are all things that I hear a lot with these other labels. And just to notice how much of that is coming from a very emotional place versus a place of empathy and understanding. I have to say, especially when you just said it's coming from an emotional place, I think we do this a lot with exes, don't we? We say, oh, looking back in hindsight, they were just terrible, awful people. And thank goodness I got out of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's a great point because sometimes that's really helpful to get over an ex, right? Sometimes we have to, when someone has been idealized in our mind, really it feels the only way to get through that experience is to devalue them. And, you know, that's a strategy that's not always super conscious, but is really common. And it's not bad or good either, right? We just want to be aware if we have a tendency to idealize or devalue people or things in our environment. I think in general, the culture and political climate that we live in these days kind of supports that divisive sort of style of all or nothing black or white thinking. And so I just always like to encourage to find the gray whenever possible. Even if we don't stay in the gray, we just want to know it's there. I mean, we could put that on a t-shirt, Jessica. I think (laughs) (laughs) we could go into marketing on this. This is great. Find the gray. Really like it. Jessica had made me think about red flags on a far deeper level. To see that there are always many different ways of viewing the same situation or behavior, and to understand that empathy can be our greatest ally in helping us to take a step back and not be quite so quick to write someone off completely. Next time, Jessica warns us about some of the dangers of seeing too many red flags in others. If we have a lot of villains in our story, it's going to be a lot of chaos and a lot of drama. And sheds light on how red flag-filled relationships with others could help us strengthen the relationship we have with ourselves. When we are consistently triggered by a particular behavior, it actually tells us quite a bit about what's going on inside of us if we just dig beneath the surface a little bit. As always, I want to hear from you. What do you see as a red flag in a potential partner? And are you aware of anything about yourself which someone else might view as a red flag in you? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Dr. Jessica January-Bear, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. 
Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. And if you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. The perfect pep up for when you feel like you might just be flagging. <laughs>